We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The reload continues as Dan Lanning and the Ducks make another splash in the transfer portal. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, arguably with the most, Max Torres, and I am so stoked to have you guys back on the podcast or on the YouTube channel, however you're tuned in for another episode of your go-to Oregon football and recruiting podcast. That is the Ducks Dish Podcast. It is Thursday, January 18th, but it's Wednesday as I'm recording this. And man, is it an exciting time for Oregon football in the transfer portal. Not rolling solo. I am joined by my guy, Ryan Winter, a.k.a. Sports Chat 503, dealing with a bit of a freeze out in Portland. How the heck are you, Ryan? I'm doing good, Max. I'm doing good. We're holding it down. Nice, nice. Well, Hope you're you're doing your best to to stay warm is kind of what you were telling me before we hit the record button over here. But man, we got to talk about the Ducks because they are in the headlines once again as Duke defensive back Brandon Johnson has committed to Oregon. Dan Landing and the Ducks continue to leverage the transfer portal to reload and retool their roster, more specifically in the secondary. And Brandon Johnson is a name I had heard about quite a while ago when he initially entered the transfer portal. But I'll be honest, this commitment kind of caught me off guard. So that's why I'm glad to, to hop on here and, and just chat some ducks with you. I know you already have a video on it, so you know the deal. But just to get people up to speed who maybe don't know who Brandon Johnson is, he's a junior. Uh, he'll have one year of eligibility, it looks like, once he gets to Eugene, listed at five foot 10, 180 pounds on the Duke roster. And this is a guy who was an All-ACC honorable mention in 2022. And that 2022 season, he had five and a half sacks, which I believe was tied for the team lead, which you don't hear from a defensive back all too often. He's originally from Newton, North Carolina. And um, I think this is a great addition for the Ducks because as we saw last year, coverage was an issue in the passing game. So that's just the short of it. But we're going to get into all angles of this commitment Ryan, what are your thoughts off the top here? Well, you love a safety that's been around, that's been around long enough to have two different jersey numbers. You know, I mean, you, you, what I like about this is 
the transfer portal is a unique place, right? It's a place where you can go and get certain things that you can't really get in recruiting right out of the gate. And one of those things is the knowledge of playing safety and holding down the back. This guy flies around, man. And you said it, man. The the sacks is what I looked at. When, as soon as I put the film on tape, this guy's coming off the thing and putting – no, <clears throat> he's not running off the edge and going across uh, offensive tackles, but he's going up against oftentimes the uh, you know running back as they're trying to cover. And he's manhandling his running backs and getting all over these quarterbacks. So I, I love his tape. The tape jumps off uh, the page. And, uh, again, I just – I like what I see uh, when you when you look at it. The big thing also, Duke has been a good team. You know, I think people always kind of, I don't know, if they they get into the basketball school versus they can't, they can't see Kentucky for a good football team sometimes. They can't see Duke for a good football team sometimes. They get locked in the thing. And Duke has steadily been one of the better teams in the ACC lately. And if you look at a guy like him, he's been a very productive member of their team from what I've seen. And of course, everybody, when you put the film on, everybody looks good because it's just your highlight reels. But, you know, Duke has been a team that I think has been steadily getting better and better. And it's been on the defensive side that they've been really impressive. Now for Oregon, Oregon needs help on the safety. You need this. This is a classic example of like who a guy like Evan Williams be able to come in and give you something on day one. This guy's going to be able to come in and give you something on day one. From my perspective, as a guy who I like to play, uh, uh, the way I like to play football and the way I like to see football being played, this guy plays with aggression. <laughs> this guy wants to make the tackle. He wants to make the hit. And I think that that's the other thing. I love his uh, body language on the field. Uh, I love his energy and what you can see uh, that he brings to the table the Ducks need. So, again, Dan Lanning and, and, and company has done nothing but check every single box that you need to. Um, and I think it's also something to be said that you're doing this uh, at a time where you're also switching gears with the coaching staff a little bit in that side, right? So w- with Coach Martin out, Coach Hampton over to that side. So it's like, you know, you're you you, you you're doing all of this, bringing in all these guys with Coach Movement. I mean, I just, I think that they're managing this thing beautifully. And I love that you mentioned the coaching movement, Ryan, because as I was doing some of my research, I was actually texting with, with our guy Spencer McLaughlin a little bit. And I was kind of, you always have to kind of backtrack with these, uh, portal commitments or with coaching hires, what's the connection? Where Where is there an Oregon connection with the head coach, Dan Lanning, or the, the chief of staff, Marshall Malko, or whatever it is? And what do you know? The connection here is Chris Hampton, the new defensive backs coach and co-defensive coordinator, recently minted, newly minted defensive backs coach uh, is Chris Hampton. He recruited Brandon Johnson to Duke. So this is just kind of cool, a full circle moment as we have that simultaneous, um, you know, coaching movement going on right now uh, with with the Ducks a little bit. So I think that it's it's cool that it kind of comes full circle. And and Chris Hampton, again, just proving his value just right on the heels of a promotion under Dan Lanning's staff. Yeah. And I think that's also like that speaks volumes of what recruiting is all about, right? You maintain relationships, you continue to have relationships and it might open up for you now. It might open for up for you later. And and that's why you got to always be positive with these guys. You never know what the situation is going to be. And it's a unique, it's a unique part of sports that the average person just does not understand, which is to maintain and build relationships on the what if, it's just nothing is built on anything yet. It's everything is on the what if. 
And then once that what if comes together and comes to fruition, look at examples like Christian Gonzalez. I mean, this is a guy that's, you know, literally just skyrocketed up the, the draft charts by transferring, by staying with his position coach that he knew, by having better relationships, by getting to a better place. So the writing's on the wall. If you're a transfer, let's go, man. I think anybody who's talking negatively about the transfer portal these days are are really behind because I think most of the whole country understands now it's mo- much more positive than it is negative. Yeah, and I think that, well, there it's definitely a complicated conversation as far as the, the portal goes because I think I hear from a lot of people, maybe more than most, about how the transfer portal is negatively affecting the sport as far as opportunities for high school guys, opportunities for junior college guys, whatever it is. But then you also see some of the positive aspects with a uh, look at Oregon, a guy like Jay Harris, Jay Harris, a division two all American playing at a much smaller school at Northwest Missouri state. And then Carlos Lachlan makes his way out to, to St. Louis and, and identifies this six foot two, 215 pound back. That's going to come to Oregon. So it's also creating some opportunities for some guys that maybe went, um, you know, undervalued or under the radar, underlooked, however you want to phrase it. So, it's, it's definitely a complicated situation. I know a lot of people have their thoughts on, on the portal. But, hey, if you guys are watching this on my YouTube channel, go ahead and drop a comment. Let me know what you think about the portal and what you think about Oregon football recruiting right now. Ryan, one thing that uh, – just to add some additional background here with uh, Brandon Johnson, I was able to, to text one of my connections at, at Oregon today uh, just to kind of get a little bit of background on him and kind of like what the word is, what the story is with this guy. So – Brandon Johnson visited Oregon earlier this month, um, and this is a guy who, who is going to be playing some nickel, it looks like, for the Ducks, uh, as we kind of mentioned earlier. But, um, you know, he's going to be playing kind of that star nickel role for Oregon, and he's really, really good in, in covering the slot. So that's something that's important to know because we talked about his physicality. We talk about how disruptive he is, whether you're looking at what he's able to do uh, getting after the quarterback or just causing some chaos in the backfield, forcing fumbles, pass deflections. I really think he is a, ba- a guy that can do it all in the defensive backfield. But the thing with him is that he's not the biggest defensive back that you'll find. And I think we've kind of seen that as a trend, certainly among the quarterbacks, uh, cornerbacks, that is, for this Oregon defense, lengthy guys that can run. But he's at 5'10", 180, so seeing that he is a bit on the smaller side, I think that they're doing, they're bringing him in because he can cover and that's what they really need. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know, you, you, you've seen a variety of things happening. We have Kobe Savage coming in everything else. I think there's more has been expected from the defense every single year as the offense continues to get more and more complicated. Uh, You know, as soon as you send a guy out on an Island, it's very difficult. Look at these guys last year, you covered the whole thing beautifully and you left this much of a window open for Roma Dunze on the back shoulder fade to be able to get it in there. It's a, it's a tough position. The only way you're going to be able to stop that is to climb all the way over the guy, which you can't do, or be in front of the guy the whole time, which is impossible as well. And again, as, a, as kind of a, a basketball analogy, it's like that perfect post entry pass. You know, when you have it kind of walled off and you've got that post entry pass. Playing the cornerback position is one of the toughest positions in all of sports. You got to run backwards as fast as some of the fastest guys are running forward. You got to turn your, you got to even know where the ball is at all. You got to turn your hips and you got to find the ball within a fraction of a second and then put your hand up in the exact placement that the ball is going to be, not where the ball is when you first see it. 
and you have to do all of this without touching the guy or having that much contact with the guy or else you're going to get a flag. And you and, and, and those flags are brutal against your defense and are very costly and will literally take you get you taken out of the game. Next person in the game. So it's like, man, you want to talk about cutthroat. We've always talked about them being on an island. I don't think it's spoken enough how difficult it is to be in that position. Um, you know, offensive linemen have to run backwards against, you know, freak athletes as well. But you're talking about these guys going up against track stars on the other side. These guys get to run full speed right past them and they have to, they have to somehow cover them. That's a really difficult ask. So what I like about a cornerback is a cornerback who can really play football. They don't have to be so skilled and, and, and they don't have to be so fast where they can just cover a guy. They can really be willing to put their, you know, uh, I would say head down and tackle a guy, but you can't do that anymore. Really to put, put themselves in front of a guy Mix and actually up. do something right because a lot of these guys don't like to hit. And some of the best corners of all time, I mean, uh, Deion Sanders, probably the best corner of all time, and notoriously did not like to tackle, right? Did not like to bring that lumber. And there's other guys that really do. And I think those are the guys that Dan Lanning and company want out of this defense because they want to put pressure from the quarterback from a variety of different angles. And Dan Lanning has talked about this over and over, having those exotic blitzes where you put, you know, Dan Lanning wants to put pressure with four. It doesn't matter what four you have. You just have to do it with four somehow. And we've seen them come off the edge with the safety uh, in the past. And I'm assuming you're going to see this because as soon as you put the tape on, you see his sacks. That's like the first thing you see. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited as heck for it. And I'm excited that they're going to bring in more guys uh, to solidify more holes that you have in the defense because that's where the transfer portal really makes a difference. And we'll talk some more about this overall haul for the Ducks in the portal a little bit later on in this episode, Ryan. But I really do like how he is able to get after the quarterback and those TFLs and the sacks that he has. When you look at what the Oregon defense did last year with a guy like Evan Williams, that this guy seems like a perfect fit because that was one of the things that made this group special was the fact that they were able to, to come screaming off the edge uh, in you know, these interesting situations. No worries. But these guys like Evan Williams were coming screaming off the edge and opposing offenses had no answer for it. So if you can bring these do-it-all defensive backs, it's just going to make your defense that much more dangerous. I think bringing in a guy like Brandon Johnson, I've seen some people say it and I just want to echo it. I think it kind of frees up Taishim Johnson to, to play a little bit more of his natural safety position. Right. Um, and, and he is going to be a big piece that comes back in 2024 and then Kobe Savage comes over from Kansas state. So I, I think I said it overall, but I mean, earlier on, but this feels like Dan Lanning and the ducks, they're, they're just putting together a, another stellar haul in the transfer portal. And, and everything kind of seems like it's falling the way that they want it to, because they're identifying a need and they're saying, Hey, let's get that guy. Um, yep. We'll take him too. Uh, and yeah, how about him too? So it just seems like they're doing a masterful job. And I think that, uh, that just shows that this Oregon staff is so locked in. And I mean, you've got to give a huge shout out to, you know, Marshall Malko and, and the rest of that staff, because it's not all just Dan Lanning. It takes a big group to make this thing hum. Oh, absolutely. I, I also think it's impressive to kind of see as transfers come in when they get a second year in a place. I mean, look, you're going to see Nico Reed. You're going to see Ty Sheem Johnson, both those guys. Then you're going to see guys mixed in there who are maybe, you know, some of those younger guys going to be able to get a chance to play. And I think that's the, the beauty of the modern age of college football is you're going to get these new teams assembled that are not the team that you originally thought you were going to have. 
It was the team that you have this year, and every year you're going to have to do this. But uh, to see the transfers be able to come in the first year, make a difference, but then stay one more year, maybe even two more years in the same system, I think you can see real growth there. And that's where I think the transfer portal really takes off for guys. I don't know if it's necessarily in the way a lot of people look at it where they think it's like a one-year rental, the way the old system kind of mentality was. Now I think a lot of guys are transferring in year one, in year two, and they have a lot of time to spend it in another place or maybe even two places. So to me, I think that, that you're going to want to see growth every single year. And I think the defense, you're going to see this defense continue to get better, and it should and continue to get better on that side of the defense, on the back end of the defense. Now, the big difference to me is, is it how you're going to change when you get over to the Big Ten? Because you know they don't throw the ball as much. You know you got to have better run coverage. And you you got to be able to play some physical football. Because even those wide receivers over there historically are bigger wide receivers who love to block, right? And so this idea is, is that when they run that ball, how can you disengage? How can you come down and make a play and help your team out? Because this team is going to need a different type of defense to be successful in a different type of league. And let's stay there for a second, Ryan, just talking about the ap approach in the transfer portal, the, the one-year rental, so to speak, versus maybe some of the longer tenure guys, because we're seeing every team do it. But let's just take Oregon, for example. Evan Stewart is a guy that comes to Oregon with multiple years of eligibility remaining. And then guys like a Brandon Johnson or a Cam Alexander, those are guys that only have one year left on their college careers. So it's it's an example, I think, or an opportunity rather to point out that you have to be careful in the way that you manage the transfer portal. You got to look for guys that can help help you fill holes, help you fill needs on your roster that you maybe don't feel like you addressed in the high school ranks, but you can't get over reliant on it because if you're bringing in a bunch of one-year guys year after year after year, that, that's not a recipe for success because you're not going to have any continuity. And we're seeing Oregon have another guy like uh, Dante Moore, who is a perfect example for the big picture approach, the, the long haul approach. The idea is that he comes in for a year, doesn't have to play more than four games uh, and back up uh, Dylan Gabriel and then compete for that starting job in 2025. So it's another opportunity to just see that you got to be careful with the way that you manage it and, Oregon is not going to become a portal school, even though they have now added 10 players. Yeah. Well, and even in the modern age, I, I, I mean, even when you say a portal school, I mean, I know in, in the land of recruiting, that's, that's some, those are, those are, those are tough words. Maybe those are, that's a negative connotation, but the modern age, you're going to need the portal. Here, here's how I always look at it. And again, I, I hate to always kind of try to go big picture, but as a coach myself for 20 years, I work on, a spreadsheet, right? I work on graph paper, basically. And what you have is you have your positions and you have your depth and you work off that page constantly. And I loved what um, they were saying about um, uh, Dick Tomey and uh, all the stuff with the Arizona, with the new coach, Arizona, who's a, who's an old school Arizona guy. They said that in, in, in sports, you're either rebuilding the team, you're building a brand new team, or you're trying to keep a team together. It's constant movement. And that's in the old system where you can keep guys for four or five years locked in. Now guys are moving all the time. So when you look at it through the spreadsheet idea, you bring in your recruiting class and you know this better than anybody as a recruiting guy. You want to fill every one of those spots. You don't want to have any empty spot on there. We're talking about a variety of positions, position groups. 
As they age, though, you're going to have attrition where they're going to start to move off some places here and there in the transfer portal. You're going to have to replace those guys somehow with guys their same age or in and around their same position, group, age, or ability. And you're not going to find those guys out of high school, especially if it's in year two or three. And if you have a guy who's a junior who graduates early because the way these guys graduate now, it's crazy, wants to go to a different place, why would you fault him? Let's go. Look at a guy like Dawson Yamarillo, right? Goes to a different place. That's great. Gets another opportunity. The opportunity is, is that then you're going to need to replace that with somebody else. And you can't go replace a third-year offensive lineman with a guy coming out of high school. You, you need the guy coming out of high school to be there in two or three years, hopefully, if they get there. So I just, I love the, the planning of it. As a teacher, I'm constantly planning. I'm constantly looking ahead. As a coach, you're constantly planning. And you're constantly doing your two deep. You're constantly doing your three deep because you never know when those position groups are going to have to take a hit. Somebody's going to leave. Somebody's going to get injured. You're going to need to replace them for somebody else. So that's why I love the transfer portal. I also love transfer portal from the deep perspective of, you know what? Go find a place to play. Look at a guy like Jake Shipley. Shipley couldn't get out here. Couldn't get many minutes. Okay, go to North Texas. He's going to love it. He's going to play down there. Let's do it. So again, I, I have no problem with the transfer portal. I know in the recruiting realm, it's, it's made it much more difficult for the high school students uh, to be able to get these opportunities because they're getting a lot of their spots taken by transfer portal guys. But that means they're going to have to go through a different channel to be a transfer portal guy in the future, possibly. That's just going to be kind of how it goes. The top end guys are still going to go, but the other guys that might not get the same opportunity might have to go a different path. That's just the modern, the modern game, and it's changing fast. And that's a point that I mentioned um, on a recent episode. I can't remember which one. Maybe it was the Jamari Caldwell uh, commitment. But to, to your point just about, I, I feel like the portal is kind of, um, you know, leveling out college football to a degree, right? Like you have some of these highly touted guys uh, that, that come to their school as, you know, four-star, All-American, whatever it is. And if they don't ultimately find the field, you'll see them hit the portal and, Maybe they end up at another big school, but more often than not, we're seeing they're kind of maybe taking a step down in terms of the level of competition, right? Maybe you're going Pac-12 to, to Mountain West or something like that, but you want to find a place where you can see the field like you just mentioned with Jake Shipley, or you're seeing some of these guys who were studs right, right away, like Evan Stewart, and then he hits the portal and you still have just about every option at your fingertips. So I think that it's spreading out a lot of the talent um, and it's, you know, kind of making some of these guys just face the reality like, hey, this is kind of where I'm at. Maybe things haven't exactly gone the way I, I hoped they would. But let me go to this school where I can see the field and, and try to make some noise. You know, I, I talked with Jay Butterfield uh, uh, at the at the championship game and uh, and Kale Millen both. I love both those guys. And Jay said on an interview with, um, I think, the Mental Sweat show uh, with uh, those guys over there, that he said, you know, I, I I couldn't say no to Oregon. When Oregon offered me, it was like a thing where I was like, well, you got to say yes to Oregon. So there's guys who maybe probably shouldn't have been at Oregon in the first place. No offense to Jay, great athlete, great quarterback, whatever else. But maybe he was never at that level. But you know what? The Ducks saw something in him. Gave him that opportunity. So he goes there and he finds out, you know what? I, after all these years, you know what? I think I'm going to go play someplace else. Now he goes down and plays at a different level. And same thing with a couple of those other guys. Like I said, Kale Millen, one of those other guys. You know, there's something to be said about w Oregon being so desirable. 
and 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 the fact that kids want to be there. Remember when uh, the 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 term that changed the game for me was hearing kids from the South say that Oregon was the dream school, and hearing that we were never really even recruiting these guys under the previous uh, Bilotti, uh Kelly Helfrich era as much as we were during uh, the Willie Taggart Mario Cristobal right here. Where these guys are like, dude, I, I would have loved to go to our Oregon. I love Oregon, right? And that didn't make as much sense to us because we didn't really quite see that perspective. Well, now we do. Now we understand it's a national brand. Now we're invested in that sort of situation. And you can see guys who want to kind of be here. It's pretty cool. There's not a lot of places where there, it's that desirable to go as a transfer portal guy. If you're one of the best transfer portal guys, how many places are there for you to go? So that, that's also a, that's also a unique perspective to think about is to think about there's got to be relationships built. There has to be a position open. There has to be a good team. Well, that means you only got 10, 15 teams to choose from. Uh, that's what uh, they said, uh, uh, you know, uh, at the Husky interview. I heard the Husky uh, pr uh, press conference where he says, there's only 15 teams that can be in the national championship every year. And U University of Washington's one of them. I was like, I don't know about next year, buddy. <laughs> but I'm telling you, Jed Fish has a point there. It's like the idea that if you're in that, group of the top 20 teams historically then you're in the chance for that 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 top that 12 team playoff and that's the same thing goes with the transfer portal you have to be a good team with an opening with relationships maybe to that coaching staff that number gets pretty small so the big time transfer portal guys yes you would assume everybody wants them but that doesn't mean everybody's gonna take them we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Sure, and that, that's an awesome point. Talking with my guy, Ryan Winter, talking some duck football Appreciate you guys tuning in wherever you're tuned in to the podcast. Glad to have you guys along. A couple more points here, Ryan. Let's talk about what could be next for Oregon because they have 10 commitments right now in the transfer portal. Uh, pretty clearly well over the scholarship limit. I think I've been seeing numbers floating around like 91, 92, but they have plenty of time to get back to that 85. You know, they got to get through spring ball is probably when you're going to see them ultimately really start to to um, trim down the roster. The, the end that, you know, kind of the back end of spring football, right. You know, when they can kind of sit down with those guys and say, Hey, spring football is over. This is kind of how we see you fitting into the bigger picture or not fitting into the bigger picture. And, and some points, right. You kind of got to level with them and, and let them know where they're at. But as for what's next, I mean, you know, something could happen in the hours between when we record this and when it gets posted, right. This, the transfer <laughs> portal never stops. It feels like recruiting never stops. So why would the portal, but there really is one big name that we're still keeping an eye on, and that is Washington cornerback Jabbar Muhammad. He's focusing on a final three of Oregon, Texas, and Alabama. He did take a visit to Texas on Wednesday. I was able to confirm that with one of my sources. And Texas looks on the surface like the team to beat because he has a cousin on the team, uh, Malik Muhammad. He has another cousin who is on the women's basketball team, I was told. Uh, he's from Texas. You have the location. So just everything kind of seems to be trending in that direction, given the family ties. The Texas secondary wasn't that great last year, so probably a bigger need. But my God, Ryan, if Oregon can add Jabbar Muhammad, what a haul that would be in the transfer portal, and what a scary secondary would that be for Oregon, not just in the Big Ten, but that might be one of the best uh, secondaries in the entire country. I, I, yeah. And I, and again, you're, you're the expert on that. So I lean on your expertise there. You, you, you said it, you, it feels like Texas. It feels like, you know, if we had the, um, uh, the Torres, uh, crystal ball, it's not the, the fortune cookie, ball, the fortune cookie. <laughs> if we open up the fortune cookie, the fortune cookie says, you know, um, yeah, it seems like Texas is the thing. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not as well, t- uh, uh, tuned into that as you guys are, but, um, yeah, Oregon is the place to be right now. And if you look at the West coast, uh, it's a very popular team right now. It's, it's building. And that's the kind of the, almost the boomerang effect of losing those two games to Washington and putting them in second place and putting them right behind the driver's seat. Now, as soon as Washington's out, which they are, I mean, they don't replace anybody right now, or they're going to have to replace everybody right now. I should say, uh, Except for some of their guys, I mean, they, they, it's it's nuts what I've heard some of the stuff out of Washington. How many guys are going to have to replace? Um, Oregon looks to be the team to beat, and not only that, but now you're going to a Big Ten where it's going to be an exciting year. The national media is going to really want to cover the Ducks. They're going to want to cover that story of the of the new teams adding to the Big Ten. It totally changes the face of the Big Ten having those other four teams in there. Uh, it gives it brand new life. It gives it brand new kind of perspective nationally. And I just, I think the Ducks are in a prime position to take advantage 
I think anybody who's associated with the Ducks, I think all these podcasts, everything else are going to blow up in the Big Ten because they love football up there. And there's a lot of them. And there's a lot more uh, graduates of those schools than there are of our schools out here. We have we have smaller institutions compared to what they have. They got big time, big time schools over there with a lot of tradition, and they are very proud of it. So I just can't wait to be a part of it. I can't wait to be a part of a conference that cares about it. I mean, I was even saying on uh, my show about this idea that the spring game this next year is probably going to be covered more by the Big Ten than the Pac-12 uh, uh, for f- uh, college uh, football spring game coverage, even though the Pac-12 will still have technically in business all the rest of this year. But the Big Ten is going to be a hell of a lot more interested in these spring games, I think, than the Pac-12 is. So I just think the writing's on the wall, man, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Just to be clear here, Ryan, some final thoughts on Jabbar Muhammad, and then we'll get to our last point of the show. I'm not counting the Ducks out. Don't right. don't get it twisted. Not counting the Ducks out by any means, but Texas did get the first visit, which is important. Um, we saw that happen with Evan Stewart. That was the first and only visit he took, and then he hopped in the boat. In the boat, but. As far as Jabbar Muhammad here, the signs are pointing towards Texas. I kind of feel like I've seen some stuff that says Oregon leads the way, and maybe they're the team to be. I've seen reporting that says they're the team to be. I mean, I've been talking to some people out in the Lone Star State, and they're hearing that even some of the Texas media thinks that Oregon is the team to be. So I, like I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. But right now, I, I'm not super confident in making a pick. So just wanted to add some some context there, uh, but man, if if they're able to pull this off, oh my god, it would be insane. But- it really would. And okay, go back to your saying, yeah, because uh, to have the the lineup that they have right now already, and then to add the guys on the transfer portal, it's 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 ridiculous. It'd be insane. It'd be totally insane. But let's let's look at kind of just where Oregon's class is at right now, as far as the transfer portal. Uh, if you're on YouTube, I'm sharing my screen and showing you guys the the current hall. Uh, via 247 Sports. Uh, They don't have um, Brandon Johnson in here just yet, but I just love how the staff has identified a need and boom, filled it. Like it just feels like every single one of these guys, there's, there are some luxury guys like a Dante Moore or a a Jay Harris. I don't think either of those guys were big needs. He would have been totally fine. I think if you go with Noah Whittington and Jordan James next year, but the big 10 is super physical defenses. You got Michigan, Penn state, Ohio state, the running back position gets banged up. You all you have to do is look at the 2023 season for Oregon, right? So bringing in a guy like Jay Harris is huge. You reload the, the wide receiver room by getting Tez Johnson back like that. There's recruiting wins just within the roster. Like we talked about earlier, but you get Evan Stewart in who is super twitchy and explosive some, some good production at Texas A&M. Jamari Caldwell, you needed some help on the interior of the D-line. I think you maybe still want some help at that spot, uh, but you get a great kicker in Atticus Sappington. Uh, you know, Dylan Gabriel gets things rolling as one of the best quarterbacks available in the portal, and I, I just don't know if you could draw it up better than it is right now. That's not to say this is perfect or this is the best haul in the country, but the quality over quantity approach is certainly being applied here, and I think it's going to pay off in a big way. Oh, absolutely. And again, I just, it, it, the, the most important thing right now is, is the, the momentum. And I think momentum has a lot to do with how you win football games inside of the four quarters of a game. And I think inside of the four quarters of a, of a calendar year, you got to get momentum too. That's why I've always liked the bowl game at the end of the year. You get a chance to win it. You get a kick into your, uh, uh, you know, off season with momentum. 
boom, you have your off season. You can gain a lot of momentum and gain a lot of traction in your off season, the recruiting boost. And now we've got the transfers that come in. Uh, the, the, the idea that you want to be there again, think of the momentum difference of Oregon in the last week comparatively to Washington major, major difference. That's going to carry a lot of weight. That's going to carry a lot of weight in April and May and June because Oregon already has such a huge head start on that momentum. And uh, again, it's it, it, it's hard to compare to a team that just loses their coach versus a team that gets to keep their coach because we know that being through that perspective having well. it a couple times all too well. But uh, it is something that's really – it's great to be able to see the Ducks not only have – positions of need, but be able to capitalize with people who want to be here. And that's the most important thing to me as a duck fan. Historically, I've always wanted the kids who want to be here. That's why I said the dream school thing meant so much to us. When we heard guys like Jordan Scott say dream school, it was like, Oh my God, that's so amazing that other people want to be here besides us. <laughs> and I know it's hard for us to think about that, but beyond, you know, the Northwest, Northern California, a little bit of Southern California, we did not have that big of a footprint. The University of Oregon is a fairly small school. It technically does not really cover that much geographic ground historically. It's obviously has added its infrastructure internationally. It's gained a lot of international students, it's gained a lot of other people coming around interest-wise. But the, the, the students that come from the East Coast, very few and far between. There's not that many that come from the Midwest, not that many that come from the South or from Texas or anything else. So when you get guys like Michael James, for example, would come out of Texarkana, you know, I was like, oh my God, this is a huge. Now we got running backs from Texas. I'm like, oh baby, here we go. You know, because again, that's the situation. It's just, it's a unique, it's a unique thing right now. And now it's a, it's a proven national brand going to a proven national conference. That's uh, there. There's nothing in their way. And I think that's the other thing going back to, I'm not here to be like, oh, it's national championship next year. It's not necessarily, but this is a situation when you have a team last year that loses two games as close as they do, and they take care of business on every single other level. And then it feels like you're rebuilding and on paper feels like you could be better next year. That's the momentum. That's the thing we're talking about. If you can carry that momentum through a spring game and look really good in the spring and then get it into the fall and then you in the fall are thinking this in your, we, that's the whole concept of any sport. You got to get everybody to believe, man. You got to get everybody to believe. And if those guys all believe in their heart that they're the team to beat, they're going to walk into these games and they're going to already win. They're going to walk in. They're going to be they're They're already going to win in the pregame. And that's the idea is, is you need to walk into this next season thinking you are the team to beat. You're going into a brand new conference. It's almost like switching schools. If anybody switched schools when they were back in the day, you got a brand new opportunity, go to a new school, re-identify yourself. But the last thing you want to do is walk into that school feeling weak <laughs> and think about Washington right now. They're walking that school. They're walking to that brand new school feeling wounded, man. They're scattered. They don't know where their bags are. They don't know where their classes are. They don't know where their locker is. They got, they're trying to figure everything out. Not us, man. So like right now, it just feels like what was last year, a little bit of a disappointment. Sure. Because you were that close. I get it. but it's set up to be an absolute great full calendar year from this point forward off season natty. I'll take it, man. I love that you said off season natty because I've seen that on social media and it certainly feels that way, right? When you're able to uh, identify and acquire the, the caliber of talent that Oregon has, whether it's from the high school ranks, junior college ranks, transfer portal ranks, they're checking all those boxes. Dan Lanning is, is, in it for the long haul, 
just mic drop video of the century, whatever it is. Exactly. Oregon's social media team is absolutely killing it right now. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what else they could do. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just freaking out right now a little bit because the Ducks are killing it. I'm trying to get that energy from here to there. I don't know if that's coming out, but it is a fun I time to be covering. That. I can feel it. <laughs> it is a fun time to be covering this team. And just the last point here, I don't want to go too long, Ryan, was the point that you made about the momentum that they have. Look at all the work they've done in the transfer portal. I mean, we can even dial it back more. The 2024 recruiting class, you got almost all of the, you got all of those guys signed and like 75% maybe of them are already enrolled. This is like probably one of the biggest just portions of the class that's already enrolled early in time for spring ball and the winter conditioning program. And then you're, probably in a good spot to add Gatlin bear in early February because Jim Harbaugh is taking any NFL interview he can find. It feels like so maybe a little bit of uncertainty around Michigan, even though they just won the national championship that's helping them. I think helping Oregon if Harbaugh goes to the NFL, right? Cause he's that bear is down to Oregon and Michigan, but also with all the work they've done in the portal, they're setting themselves up for success with this 2025 class. Oregon's uh, supposed to host their junior day, not this weekend, I believe, but next weekend. And they're they're already getting some big visitors that are lined up to come from all corners of the country. And they already have a pretty good start in the 2025 recruiting class. So it's, it's rocking and rolling, and it's only going to get crazier, and I think in a good way, for Dan Lanning and the Ducks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you nailed it. And uh, people want to be here. And it, it, it it's taken a long time to build it. But I think there's a lot of momentum to it, you know, but it seriously, it would not be the same side of momentum if you didn't have that big 10. I mean, we literally, this is the time to celebrate making it off of the boat that was sinking in the Pac-12. Because again, look, look, even, even look at what you saw with Jed Fish. Jed Fish had a great team at Arizona. It looked like everybody was coming back, team to beat possibly in the big 12 next year, gets an opportunity to go to Washington, said numerous times in his uh, interview, or presser that uh, you know the 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 Big Ten and the SEC were the two conferences to be in. I mean, he said that over and over. So the fact that Oregon's in the Big Ten, the fact that they've got the coach that stays, the fact that they have the balls to actually say in the interview or in the in the uh, video, if you have uh, uh, if, you're if you're scared, scared of a coach leaving, come play for us, dude. You want to talk about? I mean, dude. We, we thought chip was heavy, man. I'm telling you, this is a next, next level thing. And um, also just a very down to earth person. You know, I mean, Dan Lanning is a guy who, if you've met him and been around him, I know you have his is very down to earth. He is a, a genuine person. And I I'm, I'm a, I'm a school teacher. I know people who care deeply about kids and they want to be uh, a, a, a part of the positive part of, society and they get into teaching because they're drawn to it. Their personality is drawn to it. Uh, and they're a perfect fit. Dan Lanning is one of us. Dan Lanning is one of those guys. Dan Lanning was one of those PE teachers. The kids wanted to be in his class. They were excited to go to PE and everybody's had those PE teachers, right? Everybody's had, and that's the vibe I get from Dan. And again, when you go into the living rooms and you're trying to sell it to a family, they need to believe in the trust. They need to believe in what you're doing. And that whole time, during that whole Nick Saban going, uh, retiring and all the news and everything filtering out. And I did a three hour live stream where I was freaking losing my mind all that time. Uh, I was thinking to myself, he's staying because he said it over and over how much he loves it here. And I'm believing him until 
he's gone. And he was genuine about it. And I think that that says a lot. That helps with the momentum, obviously. That helps with recruiting. That helps with the transfer portal, everything else. And it helps with the whole me against you mentality or everybody F everybody but us mentality or whatever their thing is. And that whole thing is, 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 is eaten up by the recruits. It's eaten up by the transfers. And those guys want to be here. And when they want to be here, now we can start winning. Now you can start the culture of really, really testing. When you're in the fourth quarter and you need a score, that's when you lean on that culture. And all that's built now. That's built with uh, off-season barbecues and going to the river and doing all that other sort of stuff. So uh, I applaud this coaching staff. I applaud the group. And, you know, Dan's just one of those guys. He's a real guy. And uh, he'll, 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 he'll be very real with you. A lot of these coaches aren't. You know, I, I met Jed Fish uh, at, at the uh, basketball tournament last year in Vegas. And he, great guy. Gave me the whole thing. Smiled. Did the whole thing. Asked me who I was rooting for. I mean, get, checked all the boxes but felt like he was also ready to sell me a Lincoln Continental. I mean, the guy was shiny. And, and that's great because my dad's a car salesman. No offense to car salesmen. They're great people. <laughs> but my point being is, is that Dan Lanning is not that guy. He's not trying to sell you the bill of goods. He's, 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 he's letting you understand what it is. And if you want to be a part of it, let's go with it because now you're on board. And you want a coach that's like that. You want a coach that's giving you an opportunity and 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 uh, and 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 being transparent about it too. I think that's the other thing. That video said more to me about being transparent in the conversation than anything. People were saying Dan Lanning needs to come out and do an interview. He needs to come out and do something. He needs to come out with a statement. He needs to come out that whole night, that whole day. That everybody's thinking, oh, where's this? And then of course, here it comes. Here comes the creative team. Whammo with the whole thing with all the uh quotes of him throughout the whole year saying basically the same thing every time anybody asked him the same thing over and over and over and then i loved the shots of the utah game because i was at that utah game the vibes were so good there the ducks went in there and played a freaking great game they had game day there for utah the ducks went in absolutely crushed the defense looked amazing one of the best games of the whole year for the defense last year and this year against utah and dan was so pumped up after that game he came to the sideline and gave everybody high fives and everything and I just love that they used a lot of that footage for that because that was a moment in time where when I was thinking about it that night of Dan leaving, I was like, he's not going to leave, man. I, I, I was there at ASU shaking his hand, how pumped he was over that game. But that Utah game, dude, he was fired up. And that's the game after the game I took the picture with him because he was such in such a great mood. I was like, I got to get pictures with the coaches after this game. I thought if there's one time I could get a picture with Tosh Lupoy that he'd smile, it would be after that Utah game. And I almost did it. It was like, he was kind of like, it was like the Mona Lisa. <laughs> so man, I, again, I, I love this team. I love the energy they have. And I love the fact that they're being transparent about their love for the uh, fan base and for the state as well. That's what really got me was the fact that they wanted to be here and they love being here. That one, that one like got me, man. So I'm stoked. Case in point, Ryan, Ducks are hot. Ducks are red hot. They are as hot as any team in college football right now. They may not have gone to the playoff, but boy, are they doing everything they possibly can to make sure they're one of those 12 teams next year and setting themselves up for success in their debut season in the Big Ten. Um, man, super awesome chat today, Ryan. Appreciate you for coming on, man. If you guys want to find more of Ryan, you got to tap in with him and lock in with him on his YouTube channel, throwing it up there on the screen. I believe he is also at sports chat 503 on Twitter. Um, but uh, if you guys, whatever, yeah. 
there you go. There you go. There you have it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. No, um, the main thing is really quickly. The main thing is if you want to go live Tuesday night live stream, 530 to 7:30 Pacific Coast time, Tuesday night, it's a blast. Talk about the ducks and a variety of other things. Max knows he's a veteran. And again, much love to you, Max. Again, if I can shout out to the Max Torres community, much love to Max, man. I got nothing but love for y'all. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, Ryan. Well, if you guys want to find more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at mtorresports. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Torres. I'm trying to ramp it up again to five days a week. I was doing five days a week, and then I was like, I'll just do as much as I possibly can. But there's too much going on for me to not go five days a week. And this stuff fires me up too much to not do it. So um, going to try to get back to five days a week and um, bring you guys more awesome content covering this Oregon football team. Uh, and then you can also read me uh, all my stuff covering Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting over on DucksDigest.com. Share the show, like and subscribe. But huge thank you to Ryan for coming on. Thank you to you guys for taking some time out of your day to talk some duck football with us, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.